0: Please be seated. Well, believe it or not, we are still in a series entitled Courageous Faith, going through the book of Joshua, looking how God moved and worked in the life of Israel with Joshua as the leader. And if you'll remember, just a few weeks ago, uh, we, we came to the place where we found out that Joshua was old and advanced in years. And God said, Joshua, you are old and advanced in years. And sometimes we, we get to that place and we think, yeah, and, and I'm tired too. <laughs> you, you, ever, you ever feel like that? I'm, I'm just tired. Uh, one of the interesting things in Scripture that we see, uh, which is really cool, is that that the Bible really doesn't sugarcoat anything? As you read through, whenever they mess up, it just says it right there. And in fact, I heard a pastor say, and I agree with him. I am so glad that the Bible isn't being written in my time. Not not that I think I might be included in there, but I'm afraid that it could happen. How would you like for your life to be chronicled in Scripture? And and when you mess up, it doesn't sugarcoat. It doesn't say you know, Larry messed up, it it actually spells it out. One of the neat things about that for me with Scripture is that it really adds to the validity of God's Word. When you go through it, it gives dates, it gives times, it gives places, it gives people that are easy to check out. And and so as we go through, we, we get to this portion that, that might seem a little bit dull if you go through. And so we're not going to read the whole chapter, uh, chapter 15, but I, I want to select a couple of verses from here. But but that that happens to us occasionally as we go through. If you're reading the Bible through in a year, uh, a chronological way is a good way to do that. There are good studies, uh, good devotions that will help you do that. I almost thought I lost my phone. If you go to the version Bible, are you guys familiar with that? Okay, two people are. Um, so if you do that, it, it has. A, I'm I'm doing that right now because it also has our notes, and so I'm going to save my notes on there. It says no events near us. That's disconcerting. <laughs> <laughs> we have one right here. Uh, you can find it from your Facebook page. But if you go on there, uh, it, it's sometimes those hard to get through portions of scripture with so and so begat so and so, and so and so begat so and so. As we look in chapter 15, it, it really starts telling us about um, the, the uh, inheritance that, that was handed out. And sometimes that can get a little dull for us. If you go to the U version Bible and read through there, there's a little play button at the bottom and you can hit play. And so the guy reads it to you because if you're like me, I get some of those words and I just start kind of skimming because it's hard to try to pronounce them in your head. He'll do that for you. I said all that to say this. Uh, That's why we're not covering the whole chapter 15, but but there's something in here that I want us to see, but because sometimes we we realize we're not as young as we used to be. I've heard my doctor tell me that many times. He's he's younger than I, but but now he's hit the place where he's not as young as he used to be either. He's he's in his 40s, And, and and a couple of years ago I went in for my annual checkup and and uh we were just kind of catching up you know he says how was your summer and i you know told him and you know i asked him how his was he goes oh that's right you didn't see me i I broke my ankle i said well i've got two questions for you first of all um what surgeon did you go to because you know i want to pick the surgeon that the doctors pick and and it was actually the one who does that down here in alamogordo and then the second question was how would you do it he said oh you know every sunday night i I just do a, a pickup game with some guys in basketball and I said, you know what I'm going to say, don't you? And he said, no, what? I said, the same thing you've been telling me for years, you're not as young as you used to be. And so sometimes we get to that place and, and we realize that, that we're not as young as you used to be and, and we're, we're just a little bit tired in what we're doing. And sometimes we may even feel like we're, we're nearing the end of the road for us, whether it's ministry-wise or, or this phase in life that we're in. And it's really easy to kind of sit back and coast. Anybody been there? Um, students in school, are, are you there now? After spring break, that's really when it hits you bad, badly, if you want to use the adverb. But you know what? We're not finished. And so the title of the message this morning is taking care of business, because sometimes we just need to take care of business, even when we're tired, even when we, when we realize that, that we're further down the road than, than we would like to be. And, and we just need to take care of business. And that's what Joshua in, in the book records for us. Uh, let me read for you. I want to read verses 13 through 17. You remember the, the other guy who was Joshua's buddy name? What was his name? Caleb that we didn't hear about for a long time. And then when they get to uh, really the, the part of, of divvying up the promised land, Caleb comes and says, hey, um, just want to remind you, you know, his good buddy Joshua, what God promised me through Moses, the, the inheritance of land that he promised, that the feet that, that I trod on whenever we were spying out the land, that God was going to give that to me. And And so here we go, verse 13, chapter 15. According to the commandment of the Lord to Joshua, he gave to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, that's fun to say, a portion of the people of Judah. There's that place that is Hebron. I skipped over that. You ought to have missed it totally. Kiribeth Arba, that is Hebron. Arba was the father of Anak, Anak. And Caleb drove out from there the three sons of Anak. Shishai, these are great names for grandkids. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm making a list I don't see her. I I thought my daughter would jump up and run when I said that. Um, I'm making a list. So Shishai, Iman, or Ahiman, and Talmai, the descendants uh, descendants of Anak. And he went up from there against the inhabitants of Debir. Now, the name Debir formerly was Kiriath Sefer. I'm going to start getting somebody to read these for me. And here's what Caleb said. Whoever strikes Kiribat-Saphir and captures it, to him I will give, here's another one, Aksah, my daughter. Come here, sweetie, Aksah. As wife. And Atheniel, the son of Kenaz, the brother of Caleb, captured it. Now, if you're following that, that, that was okay back then. I wouldn't marry my cousin today. It's frowned upon. And gave Aksah his daughter as wife. Here's what I see in this passage. So, here's what we tend to think sometimes. Any of you pray for God's provision in an area? Have you ever done that? You're like, yeah, every every week. Jesus, as he taught his disciples to pray, actually included that the daily asking of provision. Give us this day our daily bread. Right, the the, the food, the sustenance that we need for life. But when we pray for God's provision, a lot of times what we think is going to happen. Is that you know this this check just shows up in the mail or you know just look in my bank account and somehow I have three thousand dollars more than I thought I did. If if that happens, I would call the bank. Don't spend it. We think that God is just gonna just gonna bring that in from some unknown source, and you know what? He he does that sometimes. Sometimes we pray, and 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 it's as if. It's as if God has already provided and it just shows up in some amazing way. Sometimes we don't even know where it came from. But that's not the norm. Uh, let me just tell you the principle and then we'll spend some time unpacking that a little bit. God's provision often includes our work. Let me say that for you again. God's provision often includes our work. And you may be thinking, well, that's not a whole lot of provision if I have to work for it. Any of you guys still have to work for a living? I'm, I'm sorry. Um, some people have to understand that. When you get your paycheck, whenever it is you get paid, do you tell your employer, thank you for this gift? <laughs> do you do that? <laughs> Th- thank you for this gift. No, because you're like, I earned it. I mean, that's, blood sweat and tears there i earned that and so we tend to translate that into the way that god moves and works in our life but larry Burkett, i don't know if you've heard of him he started i think money matters was the the first company and it developed into crown financial great great man of god who understood finances in an amazing way he's since gone on to be with the lord but he says he said something like this god always provides and he usually uses his people. You ever thought about that? That God always provides. Now, he said a third thing in there that's not much fun. God always provides, but, but he usually uses his people for the provision. The, the last thing he said that's not much fun, and he usually doesn't do it ahead of time. He usually provides on time. God's provision often includes our work. Look look at at, at the way it worked out for for Caleb. God promised him this land. and In fact, it's the same for all of the nation of Israel. God said, I will give you this land. I'll give it into your hands. And and you would think that if God is going to provide, that he does it in such a way that they just walk in, everybody runs away. There are a few times in the Bible that happens, but not, not here That they just walk in the land, everybody runs away, and it's just there, right? No, that's not the way that it happened. Look what it says. It says, and Caleb, this is verse 14, and Caleb drove out from there the three sons of Anak. Caleb had to go to war. Caleb actually had to fight for the land that God had promised to give into his hand. Sounds a little bit like work, doesn't it? God's provision often includes our work. It says from there he went up to the inhabitants of Debir and, and then I, I love you know Caleb was a pretty smart guy uh, he He decided he's going to delegate some of this. Um, you, you guys have heard me say this before I'm not a big fan of dating, and, and when I say that, you know people know I have two daughters, and they say, how are they' going to find their husbands and I 'm like, i'll pick them. <laughs> I like, I like the way Caleb does it here. Caleb kills two birds with one stone. He says, you know what? The, to the person, to the man who strikes Kiriath sepher, and captures it, to him, I will give Oxa my daughter as wife. He, he's marrying off his daughter. I mean, that's what we're supposed to do, right? I mean, dads, you know, we, we want it, but we want him to be a good guy. Um, so, so he wants to find someone who's worthy of his daughter that's a hard endeavor but he had to fight for it athenial was the one who if you if you follow a little closely it's a little bit odd to our ears not so much back then but athenial was the son of caleb's brother that would make him his nephew that would mean that oxa and athenial were cousins does that sound weird to anybody? It should if you marry your cousins these days there 's going to be big big problems, not not so much then. Caleb had to work for the provision that God gave, but here 's the difference: God promised him success. God is the one who guided and directed him to this place god said wherever your feet have trodden whenever he spied out the land that's the land that i will give you god didn't say it wasn't going to cost anything god didn't say that that he was going to walk in and and everyone was going to run away he had to work for it and that's the way that god's provision is for us a lot don't think that whatever god calls you to do that he's just going to throw into your lap now, I want to make a distinction because sometimes when I start talking about work, it makes us a little bit uneasy so here's here 's my distinction: Jesus has done the work of salvation it's finished, but he has given the work of ministry to the church. Jesus has done the work of salvation what we 're talking when we 're talking about work here we're not talking about work to please god we 're not trying to work to to get in god's good favor. We're not talking about work for our salvation at all. Jesus did that. He did it all. It's done. It's finished. It can't be undone. For those of you who are in Christ, the work is finished. I'm thankful. I can't mess it up because if I could, I would not on purpose, but I'm sure I would. So we're not talking about salvation here. We're not. And and, and with that, we're not talking about even as a Christian that we work to please God. We cannot. Jesus pleased God In our stead, He did the work of salvation. But in Ephesians chapter 2, 8, 9, let me read this for you. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one can boast. But look at verse 10. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Jesus pleased God on our behalf. The works that we do now are not to please God, but because of what he's done for us. Paul says it a little bit different way in Ephesians chapter four, verse 11 and 12. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for the building up the body of Christ. You see, God has provided, but but the work is ours to do. Now, I don't know why he chose us. We are certainly imperfect at best, right, at doing the work of ministry that God has called us to do, but but he chose us to do it. Taking care of business means that there's work involved for us. In fact, I think as pastor, one of the biggest mistakes that I make, and I see other pastors do it too, is we get involved in doing the work of ministry and we forget that our primary responsibility, other than leading the church, leading the flock that God has put into our care, our primary responsibility is to equip you to do the work of ministry. You you didn't hire me to do the work of ministry. Well, you, you might have, but that's not the way it works out. You see... God called me, you affirmed the call, and and one of my primary roles is to equip you to do the work of ministry. And that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Because multiplied by a hundred, God can accomplish a whole lot more through us than through one or two. So here's what taking care of business is, is going to mean for us. And, and by the way, I don't know if you guys realize we have some work ahead for us. God has called us to reach out into this community and, and even beyond just Cloudcroft, but into the, this mountain community and, and even beyond. We, we get, to give, get to have a hand in, in God's work in East Asia. Last year in Denver, in Fabens, in Mexico, in Venezuela, you guys may not realize all of that in Africa, of all places. God gets to use us in that work. We, we have a hand in all of that. God has called us to a task that only he can do through us, but it calls for our work. So here's here's what taking care of business means. First of all, it means a commitment. It takes a commitment have you ever done something you weren't really committed to Does that ever happen i think we all maybe have a, a time or two we're just like oh okay i guess if i have to for me i grew up in my dad's store basically and and i would come home from from school and i'd have to go work in the store and the first thing i did was fill up the drink boxes i wasn't really committed to that in, in fact i think that might have showed just a little bit in in some of it is my memory. I started forgetting stuff as a teenager that, that my dad would say, son, will you go fill up the drink boxes? And I would say, sure. And I'd go over there and I'd start talking with my sister. And about two hours later, I come back and sit back down. And He says, well, were they empty? Was what empty? <laughs> the drink boxes. Oh, I forgot to do that. <laughs> Not a high level of commitment on my part, Probably. But it takes commitment. Look, look at the way Paul talks about this, 2 Timothy 2, verse 4. He says, no, no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. Listen, I know life just gets busy, doesn't it? Anybody? No? If you're bored out of your mind, uh, let me know after service. We'll find some stuff for you. Actually, we don't have to find anything. We have got We have a bunch. But life has a way of entangling us. And, and, and we, we come together and we worship and we celebrate what God has done for us. We hear his word. We're, we're encouraged, sometimes convicted, to go and live his word out. And then Monday morning hits. And, and we get back into our, our weekly routine. And by the time Friday or Saturday runs comes around again the next week, oftentimes we've forgotten what it is that God has put on our hearts on that Sunday. Paul says, look, you are now soldiers of Christ. You you are not your own anymore. You've been bought with a price. And no good soldier, no soldier entangles himself in in the things of life. I I know our military has changed a lot over the years. And and this this actually is not so much true for our military anymore. Um, we We have people who who are in the military and they have their, that their military is kind of a day job, but then they have to get home and they have to empty the litter box and they have to take the dog for a walk and they have to take the trash out and fix the car. And, and that's just the ladies, the guys. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it, it's hard. Have you ever done something like that where your heart's kind of divided? Paul says, look, that's not the way it's supposed to be. He said, you as a believer... Don't forget that this life is not what it's about. And that's hard because we have to work if we want to eat. Uh, That's a biblical thing. We we, we have to make money to to pay for the car and the clothes and the food and the house. And and it's easy for us to to get caught up in in doing that as we go through the week. And, And here's what we forget. We forget that we were enlisted to please the one who enlisted us, and that's Jesus Christ. So if we're going to take care of business, if we're going to do what he's called us to do, it takes a commitment from us and it takes almost a daily realigning of our mind to I. I work so that I can eat and I eat so that I can serve Christ. Instead of getting caught up in the stuff of the world. I've said this to parents before, and, and you know, I like messing with you just a little bit anyways, but, but I'll say to parents a lot of times, it is not your job to prepare your children for life. Because we think that's it, don't we? And they're 18, oh, you're on your own. That's what the world says. It is your job to prepare your children for the next life. Not this one, but the next one. We don't live for this life. We live for the next one. And the things we do here have eternal consequences, and we need to remember that. That what we do here is just so that we can do what he's called us to do. So it takes a commitment from us. We have to say, you know what, God, I'm committed to doing what you want me to do, and I know all the other things in this world are just periphery to allow me to do what you've called me to do. The second thing it takes is sacrifice. That one's hard, isn't it? because in order to do what God has called us to do, that means we don't do some of the things that we would want to do otherwise. Here's the way that Paul kind of encapsulates this in in his life. Philippians chapter 3, verse 8 and 9. He says, Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. And Paul has just listed his credentials, by the way, uh, as a Jew. And and Paul was well respected before he came to Christ as a Jew. Some speculate he was probably even a member of the ruling council, the Sanhedrin. We don't know that for sure. But we know that his name was well known in the Jewish religious leaders circle. And Paul said, you know, all those things that I thought was such a big deal. I count those as lost. I I would imagine that that there were times where if if Paul were sitting with Timothy sharing his story with him, as I think he probably did fairly often, I I can imagine that Paul would say, Timothy, you know how many years I wasted chasing the wrong things? Those were wasted. That's garbage. All those things I thought were so important, they're just garbage. And here's what he says. For his sake, that is for Christ's sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and I count them as rubbish, as trash, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Here's the thing that we need to realize. When we talk about sacrifice, is it really sacrifice i'm going to give up my desires to pursue christ's desires for me is that really a sacrifice one time i've shared this story with you maybe as a young kid my 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 dream was to be a fighter pilot in the air force i I let kurt live that out for me didn't dawn on me that if i get sick on swings that it's probably not gonna go well for me in a fighter (laughs) Is that really a sacrifice to give that up? I guarantee you, when I was 10 years old, I had no idea that God would call me to be a pastor. I didn't even grow up in a Christian home. Sacrifice a, a business career to do what God has called me to do. Is that really a sacrifice? Sacrifice a, a, a hobby? Um, I, I love it. Have you ever, ever filled those out sometimes? What are your hobbies? I'm like, sleep? I, don't, I mean, I don't know. have interests the things that we would give up for the sake of christ are they really sacrifices and yet i believe that that's what we're called to do in order to pursue what christ wants for us in order to pursue what god wants for this church we need to set some things aside we need to give up some things what if dream with me just for a second would you what if everyone here today was able to say and make the commitment god every day i'm going to wake up and i'm going to say what would you have me do and i'm going to do it every day god i i'll get up with my calendar and i'll say lord this is what i have for today yet not my will but your will be done for me what would you have me do What if every one of us every day got up and said this, and I prayed this before and be ready for God to take you up on this. God, would you interrupt my schedule at any time you see fit to do what you want me to do? Those are the days where I get nothing done on my list and it only grows. But you know what? I'll give up my list for God's list for me what if we did that what if we did it on a daily basis what would it look like in our lives what what would our families look like if if we taught our families to do that to to wake up and say god what would you have me do today and then listen (laughs) sometimes we ask but we don't really want to hear parents we do this all the time son son would you take the trash out for me (laughs) then we have to say okay you know that wasn't really a question (laughs) but what if we were serious when we said god would you just would you just guide my day for me what would you have me do listen we're not going to take care of the business of god if we don't do that we don't do it in our lives if we don't teach our families to do it and if we don't do it in our church Taking care of business means some some hard work sometimes. But listen, God has promised his provision. You remember what Jesus said at the end of what we call the Great Commission, Matthew 28? He said, and behold, I am with you always. Now, he says, even until the end of the age. And we think, what? He's going to stop being with us. He means all the way through this here on this earth. After that, we get to go be with him. He promised his presence, and with his presence comes his provision. Would you pray a bold prayer this morning? Would you say, God, I'm going to lay my life at the foot of the cross. Would you pick it up and use it any way you want? Would you just, would you just take, take everything, my time, my talents, all of my resources, and, and would you just use me to take care of your business? Even if it means going to East Asia. Even if it means giving up some things that we would want to do. Even if it means that 8, 10, 12 times a day, I have to remind myself that I'm not my own. I've been bought with a price. Let's pray. Lord, it's easy for us to get caught up in the stuff of this world. It's, it's, in fact, it's really hard not to. But God, this morning, would you just do something in our hearts? Would you just enable us? to lay our lives down at your feet so that you can pick up our lives and use us, Lord, to take care of your business in this place. Maybe it means we have to give up a hobby. Maybe it means that we can't pursue this thing that we've been waiting to get to this place in life that we're going to pursue. Maybe it means we're going to have to cut some things out of our calendar, out of our schedule so that we can, we can dedicate more time to doing the things that you've called us to do. God, I, I don't know what, what it might mean for some here today. But God, would you give us the courage and the boldness to be able to do that, to just lay ourselves down at your feet so that you can use us? God, of all the stuff of the world, we know that it's all going to pass away the house we live in, the cars we drive, the money that, that we've put aside. God, what, what lasts are the souls of people? And God, you've called us here to be able to share the good news of Christ with the world around us, beginning with our, our friends and our family, our coworkers, our neighbors, the people that we, we encounter in, in our daily lives. God, would you help us just to set ourselves aside, to lay ourselves at your feet and be available for you in whatever way you would call us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.